Welcome to the Radical Flow podcast. My name is Angela. Radical Flow is flow that's on a mission, and that mission is to create a much better reality for us all. Welcome to episode five. Why can't we hear each other? Why do opposing points of view see their counterparts as ludicrous? Let's launch above the regular conversation and take another radical flow view of things. A few years ago, my friend invited me over for coffee. She'd just renovated her kitchen and she wanted me to see it. When I walked into the kitchen, one side of the room had cupboards that were dark in color and the other side of the room, they were white. And I literally gasped, you can do that? And then quickly shot my head over to the side looking behind me. Somewhere in my psyche, I had a rule about cupboard color. Who knew? In my psyche, not only were cupboards supposed to be the same color, there was some outside force or authority that dictated so, and by breaking that, we were breaking the rules. Now, this is not the only place that I have this kind of gasp, you can do that, and head flipping back to see what form of police is showing up next. Is it the kitchen police? <laughs> I don't know where I get this from. There's no tangible experience in my life that I can draw on that says, this caused me to be this way. Somewhere deep in my psyche is this kind of adherence to rules and fears of authority. Where it comes from, I don't know. Now the psyche itself is pretty fascinating because when you think about it, it's basically a layering of beliefs and impressions and experiences and memories that come from genetics all the way through zero to seven, all the way up to now and who knows where else. The psyche is very intricate, and all of those layerings of information work together, creating foundations from which we build our reality. Now, last week, I wanted another friend of mine to experience what it was like to have your mind blown. And so I told her a story. I shared with her a very specific and detailed story of business and government corruption that was happening in Africa. I layered each detail and piece of information and the whole while she nodded her head following me clearly. And the more and more that I shared, the more and more appalled she became at the level of corruption that was taking place. And when I finished, I said, oh, did I say Africa? I meant to say America. Now my friend's eyes completely glazed over. She paused for quite a long time. And when she came back into her eyes and looked at me, she said, I think you spend too much time on the internet. You see, her psyche couldn't possibly compute the possibility that that level of corruption could be happening in America. In fact, it dismissed the very notion that it could possibly be true. Why? Because accepting that possibility would undermine the foundations of her reality at such a deep level that it would threaten to break the psyche. All of her belief structures were that business and government was above board and honest, and from this she drew her sense of safety and security, her sense of being able to rely on guidance and governance. 
Now, a lot like a Jenga game where you stack up all those blocks, if you pull a piece out from the bottom, it threatens to tumble the entire structure. And this is what the psyche was doing. It was protecting itself. It's amazing. You see, a psyche will highlight what supports itself, but it will bury, avoid, or discredit what does not. And the more the threat is to the psyche's overall structure, the bigger the reaction that we have. And that is why opposing points of view see their counterparts as ludicrous. We each have cognitive bias. We all have it, every single one of us. And this is a good system because it helps us build this really sustainable mental reality where we can continue to build our life. When we're running on our human persona, our autopilot or our ego or little eyes, I call it, we just keep reacting based on what we already know. We gather information that supports it and we continue to react accordingly. But something's changed. Humanity isn't all operating from ego anymore and not from that autopilot. In fact, most of us are now awake meaning we can observe our reactions just the same way as I did when I witnessed myself gasp and say, oh, you can do that about cupboards. Now, granted, some of those who are awake are desperately trying to go back to sleep. They're avoiding, suppressing, they're impairing, they're distracting themselves, trying not to have to deal with this awareness. But many have actually embraced this new state of being and are really enjoying being aware of what their reactions are and how those reactions are revealing what's within their psyche. What are they actually made of? Curiosity is peaking. And further to curiosity, people are actually now vetting the information as it arises kind of weighing it against that deep inner knowing we talked about in episode four. Starting to respond rather than react, and by doing so, they're changing and improving the information in their psyche in a gentle way that allows the psyche to evolve on the fly. You know, the good system of being able to just loop what we know and react accordingly is wonderful. But we're in an evolution with our psyche. It's changing. And this evolved psyche is responsive and conscious. Now, yes, of course, some people are staying stuck in the opinion and they're warring back and forth and they're totally unable to hear each other and they're mostly unable to hear themselves. They're not aware of their own biases, not really. They're in defense mode. But more and more, are experiencing the liberation and that feeling of freedom and ease that comes when you become aware of a cognitive bias, when you resolve information, when you vet the information against your own inner knowing, and you resolve biases that don't serve you or prove to be true. Now, I'm pretty sure there's probably nothing like kitchen police just as I'm pretty sure the corruption in business and government is not confined to certain borders. But that experience showed me that both my friend and I contained beliefs deep in our psyches that we didn't even know was there. And the only way we became aware that it was there was by paying attention when it arose. 
Now when my friend said to me, I think you spend too much time on the internet, I smiled and said, perhaps, and I gently and lovingly allowed and steered the conversation to move in a new direction. Her psyche and her human persona, it needed time to come back to its center, to feel calm and safe. And so the rest of our visit was just lovely and went in just different directions so that she could have that space. When I spoke to her the next day, she shared that she had a terrible sleep. She was flip-flopping in her bed and she was really unsettled and kind of like, kind of out of it, zoned out was the word she used. Her psyche spent that night trying to run the implications of this information while at the same time numbing her enough so it could repair and restore the psyche. Get that Jenga block back in the bottom so that her whole reality wouldn't crumble and fall. And within a day or two, she was right as rain. Now, there's so much that we could say about the psyche. But let's come back to that statement that most of us are awake. Now, by awake, of course, we mean that our consciousness, that part of us that sees beyond our human egoic autopilot memory database that connects to infinite possibilities and potentials and innately allows us to connect to our own inner truth, that that part of us is present and aware. And that awake, aware part of us is now alerting us that there's something wrong with our reality. Kind of like that feeling Neo had on the Matrix before Morpheus gave him the red pill. That feeling that there's something not quite right. And when we look at humanity, we can see that there's a lot of people feeling that way. You see it in heightened stress levels, amplified anxiety and fear, social overwhelm and feelings of not being able to trust or feel safe, in phobias and physical ailments that are growing, and in this growing need to suppress, impair, distract, or avoid things. You see, our mental frameworks are starting to become eroded as that natural sense of awakeness and awareness is permeating into us and starting to see the contradictions in the information we hold, starting to want to vet it. Now the problem is, is that most of us are resistant to that level of discomfort, which is why we try to go back to sleep. Our psyche is trying to cling to itself with ferocity. It doesn't want to change. It's built to preserve itself, so it's going to resist. And people who are so deeply caught in that, they will hide from it and they will attack anything and anyone that will threaten it. Anything to preserve reality. But the truth is that as we stand back and really clearly go into that awake and aware witness state, we can see that our reality is not functioning well. This is not a reality that is enhancing for the human spirit to flourish. It's just not. 
In fact, our reality is kind of crumbling all around us. But that's okay. Because we're here. Yeah, sink, let that sink in. We're here. And we're awake and aware. And we have all that we need to build a better reality. We have that interconnected knowingness. We have each other. Now, that's a radical flow idea. Thank you for joining me yet again for another episode. It really does mean the world to me. If you're enjoying it, please share. And until next time, really enjoy your flow. <laughs>